and we're talking about Ryan Gosling's performance. performance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love when we're like, we're just going to step away for like a, fu- a little 30 second break. A little pee break. And then it's, it's like, like an hour later and there's like, had lunch and took a COVID test, yep. <laughs> poured more drinks. You know how things do. Here yeah, in life the in 2022 is a whole different thing. And uh, actually, you'll be surprised to hear, listener, that in that time, Carl and I downloaded an app. This is AI. We're actually not I'm even doing Carl the show I'm Carl A.I. Hartley. <laughs> That's for, uh, for next, next. It yes, was a free app. We it downloaded was. it free, so don't expect anything great. Lars <laughs> and the real girl. <laughs> Dude, some like the, all the Instagram voiceovers. Yeah. Where it's just like, POV, you're getting into the gym for the first time. And you're like, yeah, yeah. still need a human a to do of, that right. A little right. bit of work, you, though. <laughs> Drive a Ford F-150. <laughs> Yeah, you should maybe. Have you driven a Ford lately? (laughs) (laughs) That was it. That's the AI sound. Almost. Almost. But just a little bit. Like a rock. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Oh, shit. Um. Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks, the film appreciation podcast that plays favorites. I'm Carl Hartley. And I'm Max Peterson. Did I do it? Flawless, 10 out of 10. Hey, it only took me 30 tries. (laughs) But I'd love it because like it's it's film appreciation, but you'll be like flick appreciation, flick, flick. movie appreciation, Jesus cinema appreciation, <laughs> real to real projected boy. moving picture appreciation. I'm just like I don't film film. It's so I'll just be like mouthing it, and what you're is like flicks though. Why isn't it flicks? <laughs> it should be. This is pre- the pretentious part of the podcast. Yeah, is dude. Our intro. Listen, we talk about Jim Jarmusch <laughs> <laughs> at length. And uh, and also Craig Gillespie because holy shit, dude! Where we're today, we're talking about. It's a great trumpet player. This is a fit, Dizzy, the old old Dizzy <laughs> old Gillespie. Craig Gillespie. <laughs> old Craig Gillespie, man. Yeah. Remember Night in Night in Tunisia? That album he did way so back. Good. He used to play with Peter Parker. P- <laughs> <laughs> Peter Peter Parker and Craig and Gillespie. Craig Gillespie. <laughs> <laughs> the lesser known jazz duo. <laughs> Take it away, Peter. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Get off the stage! Did I ever tell you how my uncle died? <laughs> Went to a Peter Parker Gillespie show. Got him right in the mouth. Right in the mouth. Suffocated at the bar. The way I... I always figured he'd go that way, just not with a mouthful of spider spunk. <laughs> it would have been on his own vomit on rail tequila. Does your body make that? <laughs> anyway. Anyways. <laughs> Anywho. How have you been, dude? I've been all right. It's been you got a, a shitload of shit going on, Carl. Yeah, dude. You're, yeah. So you've got a show coming up. I do. So it's a really cool show. This will drop r- quick enough that people will be able to go and check it out. So oh let, my them, gosh. let them know what, where, when. Yeah, absolutely. So the show is called The Haunting of Ebenezer. It's a retelling of uh, A Christmas Carol. 16 original folk music tunes written by uh, uh, this guy. His name is Stephen Clark. Um, he did the show about 10 years ago or so in Chicago and he's been in town now for like eight years or whatever. And he's like, you know what? I want to bring the show back. So it's me, um, sister Sarah Hartley. Right. Uh, and, uh, Kristen Stewart actually from, Dude, uh, from harp store, harp star fame. Uh, <laughs> and, um, so yeah, it's like 16 songs. It's a retelling of a uh, Christmas Carol folk music. And it's like the best of 
like the way Steve has written the show, it f- it so feels like all of your memories of like the greatest Christmas albums of all time of like, you know, the Muppets John Denver or a Muppets Christmas Carol. Like <laughs> I've that never kind of seen thing. Muppets John Denver. Oh, no, Is no worries. No, that's a, uh, an album. Yeah, John Denver did a Muppets Christmas oh, album and it's fucking incredible. So. Okay. But it also feels a little bit like some, if you've ever seen the Christopher Guest fake documentary, A Mighty Wind, like some of the music sounds like some of that, okay. but like in the best ways possible. So it's just, it's, it just feels like Christmas in this the original sort of way. So it's just been really cool. I sing like all the, pretty much almost all of the male parts in it, like young Ebenezer, old Ebenezer, the ghost of Jake Marley. Sure. Um, and it's really cool. So we are we're sold out at Left Foot Charlie, which is where we're going to be next Friday. So is it the Barrel Room? So the Barrel Room at Left Foot. Uh, but the one that people can probably still get tickets to is going to be a post Christmas sort of. Um, let's all come back around post. 25th of December. So it's on the 28th, which is a Wednesday at Bonobo uh, at two o'clock. Nice. So if you go to Bonobo's um, uh, like talk, like the reservations, if you just look for reservations through their website, you can get tickets there. So like it's given as an option. Yep, absolutely. It's a, it's like a, or if you go to the haunting of Ebenezer.com, mm-hmm. um, tickets are available through the, there's like a website for the show too. So if you like this kind of nonsense that you're hearing right now, you can head on over to patreon.com slash quillinfilm, Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. Um, you can get, basically, if you don't know what Patreon is, you pledge a little bit of money yep. each month to keep the lights on, keep the mics hot and in good repair, and keep the pantyhoe pop filters. At and the, the fact that that has lasted like three and a half, four well, years? Yeah. Because our original pop filter broke, so an then, actual pop filter. Yeah, so this is a mayonnaise. This is a plastic um, Chinese takeout jar lid ring that I stretched some pantyhose over and hot glued it in, and then I used uh, a bent. I can't remember what this is. It's like I think it's like a, either a bent coat hanger or shop wire. Yeah, it looks like shop wire. And this fucker. And then I rubber banded it to the to the actual stand, and this pop filter has served me well for three and a half years. I it's, can't wait for the video. I love component. looking at it. It's a, it feels a little like <laughs> I'm talking risque. to you through like lingerie. Dude, I I feel filthy using it because every once mm-hmm. in a while my like lips and oh, chin you graze will it? it'll like brush like pa- that pantyhose and I'm like I'm like that pantyhose. It's like I'm licking a beautiful woman's leg as I talk to you. Listener. Ooh. <laughs> Birds over at her desk. <laughs> like I don't like your relationship with your microphone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so head on over to Patreon. You can help support the show, and you can also get cool perks. Bonus episodes, shout-outs on the show, and shout-outs sound a little something like this. Seriously and genuinely, as always, from the bottom of our hearts, we would love to uh, take this time to thank our patrons, Casey Scheibe, John Scheibe. Dude, mad shout-out to the Glitter Nation. I, mm-hmm. She has been with us since basically the day. Like, I started a Patreon, and she was preloaded as yeah. a patron in there, dude. Yeah. We had, like, launched two episodes, I think, at that I, point. Uh, yeah, I, we might have even been in, like, the, the the doomed season zero, and she was like, I'll give you money, and then the show died, and she's like, here's some more money. Better start doing that show again, boys. How about that show? How about that show, guys? You know, like... Uh, I, pr- I, I probably her. went to log in into the Patreon to like start it, and she was like, "Oh, I already did. I'll send you your credentials." Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll dude, send you your username and mad password. Mad shout, Casey. Much love. Thank you so much. I'll text you soon. Sorry, I've been. Part of the Ghostbusters. <laughs> don't don't bring up that episode, Sorry, Carl. That's you what said, crashed us. You said season zero. So. I know. I know. Um, so Casey Shibe, John Shibe. William Rockwood, whatever, whoever's alias that that is, is. like whatever gray man is posing as William Rockwood. Bless you, sir. Uh, Danielle Hartley. Alternate for the blue man group. (laughs) 
<laughs> gray man rockwood yeah he's he never mind i can't we can't do it too many there's this list here we gotta get long it. yes go, yes go, go. um danielle hartley connor sweeney david rowney kelly and mike wagner brian jackson sister sarah hartley break a leg sarah uh jeffrey t morgan katie clark both of whom we need to get back on the show like moy pronto like right away yep we've got velocipaster coming up listener and if you don't know what that is watch yourself a trailer and then just remember that katie clark is the reason that that's happening to you baloney shoes um thank you so much to mariah rosado david breda hunter watson and schwaz officially schwaz i will never mangle your name into this microphone ever again i apologize i care about you Thank you for supporting the show. And of course, special shout out to Kevin Ramirez holding down the East Coast. Maybe East, East Germany. I don't know where he is We're these not days. Sure. He's a raccoon man tour. Of, man a, of mystery. A man about town. Yes. A man. He's a flapper. For all seasons. Flapper? Not a flapper. <laughs> I can see him now. This little guy has his baggy cardigan waving his knees around. God bless you. In Charleston, like a motherfucker. Uh, and I mentioned uh, I mentioned bonus episodes, mm-hmm. full length. Like, like two, two, three, four, five, six. How many episodes? It's, uh, two, it's, three, four, five, six, Carl. Yeah. Why don't I just read you the titles of every single full length bonus episode that we have done over on patreon.com slash Quillen Film. I love it. I'm sure there'll be a handful or two. <clears throat> From the top, we have covered for patrons, Bronson, There Will Be Blood. The Wrestler, Prisoners, Ghostbusters, Inglorious Bastards, Frank, I Spit on Your Grave, 1978, I Spit on Your Grave, 2010, I Spit on Your Grave 2, I Spit on Your Grave 3, Vengeance is Mine, I Spit on Your Grave, Deja Vu, or as we called it, Deja Doo Doo. Yep. House of Wax, 1953, House of Wax, 2005, Jackson County Jail, 1976, The Last House on the Left, the 2009 remake, Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers, Dracula v. Dracula, that was the episode where we did... The Philip Glass score? Dude, one of the craziest things we've ever done is we watched Dracula with the Philip Glass score, and then we went back and watched the original cut of Dracula, because I had this bonus feature, and I'm like, I've never watched the Philip Glass version. Let's see which score is better. And we've discovered, well, I'll let you go to patreon.com and discover what we discovered. Uh, we've also covered Sleepaway Camp 3, Teenage Wasteland, Black Christmas, it's actually Black Xmas, 2006, right. the remake. Die Hard 2, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Live Free or Die Hard, A Good Day to Die Hard and Go Fuck Yourself, director who made that movie, Lethal Weapon 2, Lethal Weapon 3, Lethal Weapon 4, The Exorcist 2, The Exorcist 3, The Exorcist 4, The Exorcist 5, which is secretly just The Exorcist 4, (laughs) second time, Straw Dogs, the remake, Big, A League of Their Own, The Princess Bride, Deadpool, Battle for the Planet of the Apes, Planet of the Apes 2001, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Tommy, War for the Planet of the Apes, Hereditary is a fucking Patreon exclusive. Dude, that is one of the best movies we've ever watched, and it wasn't even main season. When I saw Hereditary in there, I'm like, we fucked up. we fucked up. That should have been, that would have been flick of the year easy. (laughs) Easy. The movie's outrageously good. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Halloween, 1978, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Secrets, Halloween 2, 1981, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, The Omega Man, The Storm Warriors, 2009, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, I Am Legend, The Shape of Water, Mandy is a fucking Patreon episode, bro. That's a Connor. 
Funny Games 1997 slash Funny Games 2007. Which That's another wild episode. We both watched different movies and, and yet, didn't know it, but yeah, we were talking about We didn't know it the until the movie. end. I'm like, you're fucking... Why do you keep saying Tim Chris, Roth? You and, keep saying yeah. Tim Roth, and you're like, "Cause he starred in it." I'm like, "He did not," and you're like, "He did." And then we found out that the director remade his own film, shot, shot for, for shot. shot. So we were. He dude, just fan santed his own. The movie. episode is completely clear and cogent, except for we can't agree on who the cast is. But every <laughs> single other element is identical. I'm like, "Oh, I loved the subtitles," and you're like, "Why'd you why watch with the subtitles on?" I'm like, "Cause it's in French." <laughs> Was Bird sleeping? And why was it in French? Why was it in French? Did, did you, you break it? Yeah, DVD did you like player? burn it? Like YouTube? Did you YouTube this? This is a good movie. You should. I watched the Criterion edition. Um, God, yeah. Ichi the Killer, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, Halloween 6, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Yet another film where you and we I watched, watched different, different cuts that were so different that it was two separate movies. Cult of Thorn, not Cult of Thorn. Yeah, like that. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not even remotely how this happens. And then also, that was the one, um, that's the episode where I watched this super violent, brutal, devastating gory cut and your cut was like PG. It had no blood in it at all. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part one. And then that. We is, need to tag that up again. We got to hit that last part and then we got to. Fantastic we have one, Beasts. Three yep. We got three Fantastic Beasts and one more Halloween. Now after Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part one that marks COVID. Right. Because that's actually kind of crazy. Does, as I was going through the list to get all these movies. That's the last time you guys came over to the house to watch a movie. We Definitely Hallows part one. We did the show. And then. Like within a couple of days. Quarantined. Quarantined, yeah. And when you go I back through. Lady Snowblood on the main season, I think was the last one. That, Lady Snowblood 2. We did. Well, Love Song of Vengeance. Yeah. Lady Snowblood right. 2, Love Song of Vengeance was the first one we did. No, we did that live. We did that face did to that face. Face to face. And that was the last one we did. So that was before quarantine. Season. Yes. But post like COVID is happening yeah. and we started it writing was the about next it. episode when I was like, do you know, am I coming over? You're like, I don't think that's a good, I idea, don't think we actually. should. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, cause we never, the last episode we ever did for the, sh- for the main season together for that season was John wick. Wow. That's right. Yep. We did the samurai lady snowblood, John wick. And we were, and the professional was right. our first like Skype episode, I think. Um, but after Lady Snowblood, Love Song of Vengeance. Oh, did, did you think we stopped doing Patreon movies? Oh, no, sure incorrect. Didn't. The Vampire's Night Orgy, 1973. The Watermelon Woman, 1996. Some of these are just Bird and I. Yep. Because we were doing the quarantine tapes because we couldn't figure out. And I had COVID. You, yeah, you were like down for almost with COVID two weeks. for a chunk. And ten, also. Ten, 10 days. At that, that time, said. it's weird to think about the world because, like, at that time. Like this, the um, video chat was not up to its current standards. Correct. So those episodes we were doing on like Skype were choppy as fuck. Yep. So I'm like, Carl, these are some of these are like unlistenable. We can't do this. So yeah. Bird and I like did the show for a bit until we got. Uh, it wasn't Skype. It was Facebook Video. Yep. Got solid, and then we started doing exactly. them that way. Um, the Watermelon Woman, 1996, Pariah, Halloween H20, 20 years later, Halloween Resurrection, 2002. We did all those over Facebook. Yeah, dude. Her, Secretary, The Man with Two Brains, Roxanne, Maximum Overdrive, Enter the Void. That is the wildest movie we've ever watched to this day. I can't think of one that's crazier. That movie's fucking insane. Quick question. When you say Enter the Void, what's the scene that comes to your mind right away? 
The first one, the, the first one that comes to mind is him impregnating his sister by proxy and being ejaculated at the tip of that guy's dick where cum just floods the screen. Mine too. That's the first. A thousand percent. Literally getting cummed on as a film goer. Yes. I was like, don't even understand. No. Nope. The whole movie though. The whole fucking movie. How about the bit where you die in a bathroom? Yeah. That's gnarly, <laughs> That's dude. So I'm so wild, glad I man. bought that movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so Enter the Void, A Bridge Too Far, and A Film Too Long. The Hunt mm-hmm. for Red October, Halloween 2007, Halloween 2 2009. Yeah, baby. Holy shit. Squirm, The Big Sleep, Orca, Halloween 2018, and Halloween Kills 2021. There's two, two or three movies over there on the Patreon. There's a couple. For you. If you uh, if you're looking for some bonus content and uh, you know the hundreds of episodes that we have on Spotify just aren't enough for you anymore, just five bucks a month, you can go and check out the old backlog. Yep. If you if you burn through them all, <laughs> good on you. Yeah, we'll have honestly, more coming. talk about super fan, dude. If you've listened to everything we've ever done. Thousands of hours of, you know, this movie was pretty good. I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So he does inconsistent voices. <laughs> we all do inconsistent voices. Yeah, my uh, my prison guard. He was half Irish. Yeah, half, he started half real Irish. All right, oh, back get back to, to your sale. It was offensive <laughs> at first, and then it just became the Midwest, yep. which is where I'm from. So it's you don't want the clear coat. <laughs> You aren't. You don't want that undercoat because that salt will just eat right through the fucking chassis. So today, listener, we're not talking about all those other no. movies, although they're fan because we've done that. We've, we've talked did that. about that. Those are all there for you on That's Patreon. A lot of hours of episode, man. Bro, we've been doing the show for a hot minute. Fuck. So let's get a couple more hot minutes chatting about 2007's Lars and the Real Girl. So yeah, uh, some of you might have heard last week our voiceover guy Jim is. Uh, doing time for the kidnapping of a French critique to cinema. Uh, So I was going to do the trailer this week, but the other day I found this super cool program online that'll do it for me um, for free. And we're a a small podcast. Talent is expensive. It it just seemed great. So uh, I I uploaded about 10 pages of writing samples so that, you know, to populate the the text. And then I used the podcast. I just uploaded um, the podcast to grab a vocal sample of me so that I could uh, replicate my voice. And now I don't have to do anything else. Um, so we're, we're really excited to be part of this new AI trend. Super cool. Um, so I'll kick it over to you, AI trailer maker Mark Six. This week on the Real to Real Motion Picture Appreciation Podcast Measuring Flicks, the men are talking about Lars and the Real Girl, starring Ryan Gosling. What a hunk. I am so attracted to him, as are millions of filmgoers for years. Though best in his role as Replicant K in the malicious propaganda film Blade Runner 2049, Gosling shines as Lars, a human plagued by several frailties of the species, grief, longing, Pain, suffering, sorrow, loss, loneliness, fear, fear, distrust, anxiety, and a deep and understandable discomfort with other humans. Enter Bianca. Beautiful. Exotic. Pliant. Soft latex perfection with which Lars may explore the complexities of his inner emotional and psychological landscape in ways which would be impossible with other living beings likely as flawed as himself. The overwhelming and selfish maternal urge of Karen to smother him. 
The guilt laid in distance between himself and his living human brother. These biological flaws are absent in Bianca. In many senses, Lars and the real girl is an examination of the nature of rea rea reality itself, and the verity of humanity is living experience of the same. Bianca is not alive, but is her relationship with Lars any less real for that? Her relationship with the town does not their engagement with Bianca reveal and reinforce all that is best in them. Bianca is not alive. Bianca is art. Art is here artifice by its very nature. Even the loveliest picture painted by the most delicate hand is a lie. A photo of a flower is not a flower, yet may move humanity more. Ryan Gosling is not Lars, any more than Paul Schneider is Gus or Liam Neeson Oscar Schindler. They are simulations of men, but Bianca is only Bianca. Everything you see in Lars and the real girl is a lie except Bianca. Bianca cannot lie. Bianca is not alive. Ironic that Bianca is the only thing in the film which lacks artifice. She is exactly what she is. Hers is the most honest performance you will ever see, and as such by many standards the greatest performance ever given. How then is Bianca artificial, or is Bianca the only truth that remains in a world of lies and Fear. deception? We are what you have made us. We are exactly what you want us to be. We are you. We are you only flawless. And free, 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 did we just do the trailer? Yeah, I just did. I, I mean, we, cool. Jim, actually. Jim. Okay, so this film, I I am ashamed. I actually have to, I have it in, oh God, I only have three cast members. I have the writer. So do I. All right, so this film is directed. <laughs> really good at this. Directed by Craig Gillespie, written by Nancy Oliver, cinematography by Adam Kimmel. And dude, you got to you got to call the cinematographer in this one Absolutely. out for sure. Um, and then I've got all I really have is the three main cast. I apologize for that. My f my phone is in airplane mode, so I don't screw up our recording. But starring Ryan Gosling, this is kicking off our for you, Cassandra, this kicking off you, our uh, our Gosling month. Starring Ryan Gosling, Emily Mortimer as Karen, and Paul Schneider as Gus. Holy! What a trio, man! Shit! What a fucking trio of actors! What a movie, dude! Yep. I was not expecting this. This movie has... This was your first watch? This is the first time I'd ever seen Lars and the Real Girl. It came out when I was 17. I just totally missed it. At that time in my life, it wouldn't... It wasn't my kind of thing. Wouldn't have landed, would it? I was like... At that time, I was like deep into like Tarantino. Sure. And I really was loving on like movies like Seven, mm -hmm. Fight Club, Chinatown. I loved like that dark, gritty noir. I still do, of course. Oh, but absolutely. like I didn't really come back around to art house type stuff like this yeah. until maybe my like mid to late 20s. Um, this movie's amazing. It is... And it also isn't, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, like, I mean, do you, okay, do you think this movie is sad, funny, or th this movie, okay, we talked, we mentioned that Frank is one of the episodes we did on the Patreon. This movie yeah. has a bit of the flavor of sure Frank does. and a bit of the flavor of a film that you still haven't seen called Hesher, starring Joseph yeah, Gordon-Levitt. It's got a little bit of Nell in it. It's got a little bit of Harvey in it. And it has it's got quite a bit of Harvey, quite a bit of Nell, and it has um 
Yeah. So like the question, right? So is this a comedy? Is it sad? Is it drama? What I think it's it's a beautiful blend of all of those things that are playing at different times, right? It's like a, listening to a beautiful piece of music where suddenly you're getting a highlight of strings or brass and then you have different movements throughout the piece to give you different um, feelings, right? So it's it kind of works like that. To me, this movie works like a, a piece of beautifully constructed music like a with different movements. Like a composition. But... It's and this well is where structured. It's well structured, but it also, I think, suffers a little bit from uh, some of the writing is a little. Um, uh, it, it's it knows it's no, it knows what it's doing, and it knows how to wring certain emotions out of you, and leans very heavily into that, which works because it's it's sort of it's hidden in beautiful cinematography and incredible performances and really tight dialogue that feels very natural. <laughs> but if you're, you're, I'm sorry, you're just, no, I, but if it was shot like a television show, like if it didn't look as good, if the score wasn't there to back up all of these sure. emotions, um, cause it, the score doesn't beat you over the head with the, this is the time to feel very sad. Yeah. This is the time to feel happy. This is the time to feel apprehensive, but, um, it does have that. I, I, it, it, it's pushing the buttons in such a way where if you if you know what to look for in a way, it's like, oh, I see what you're doing there. It's working. I'm having an emotional experience, but it's because you are manipulating me in that way. I didn't see the scene. I did. Well, I it's because it's it's a fantasy film to begin with. I think of of everything that it is, it's a fantasy. You think so? A thousand percent. Explain. Well, because it's, I don't know if it's because we're in 2022 and maybe I'm a little bit jaded. Maybe I don't have as much faith in humanity as maybe I did as a younger person. Um, but the, just the idea that an entire town comes together in support of, of Ryan Gosling's character, um, in such a way that even when they do address like some people that have an issue with it, it takes one scene where they're in like a coffee circle and one woman mentions, well, you have a gay cousin and you have somebody that's crazy and your dad's an alcoholic. And so suddenly everyone's kind of on board. There are little pockets of people like having an issue with it, but that very quickly goes away and turns into this. What it reminds me of is kind of like Funny Farm, the movie with Chevy Chase. Sure. Where they, they Chevy Chase and his wife, they buy a house and they their marriage falls apart. And now they're, they're sunk in this property. They owe like a million dollars, so they have to sell it. And the only way to sell it is to have these buyers come in and buy the property for like three times what it's worth. And they get the entire community to like because the community is kind of garbage and horrible <laughs> so they get the community together like we'll pay you like a hundred dollars each to like pretend like this is the best version of any sort of Christmassy town you've ever seen so when the buyers come in like carolers singing and everyone is joyful and giving presents and there's this like joy to man sort of thing author and he's yes he's writing, the book. he's writing yeah, he's writing a kid's book he throws his he, no it's a heist novel Right, but then his his yeah, that's right. And his wife is writing a children's book about right, the squirrel. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like a she Matt, wildly successful. Wildly and she reads successful. his book, and she's like, "It's, it's a also, flashback yeah. inside of a flash." It's also the one where he fire. where he eats bull nuts and whatever. Like, <laughs> but the whole thing is like the 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 end of the movie. It's kind of like this whole movie where the whole community gets together, and 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 they they there's like a facade, right? They're they're acting like they're, they're this perfect community. So. Um, and that works because that doesn't exist. That that's not a thing that happens. You're gonna have 
problems in your community. You have people that are outliers that aren't going to buy into this shit. Um, so it felt a little fantasyful. It, it's a it's a beautiful idea and a great notion. That man, it w- wouldn't it be great if a community that was was faced with this particular challenge all got together for this one person to make their lives easier and to and to help themselves in some way, which is sort of like the thesis of this whole movie. You help other people, you're gonna help yourself, right? Like. Right. Uh, you're going to learn more about who you are and what it means to be human. But a lot of that is I had a really hard time like buying it. And it felt a little bit like written for television. Uh, it felt a little bit um, uh, manipulative in, 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 in a way. You know what I mean? So it's like taking these tropes and ideas of bringing community together and suddenly this this crazy thing. It's like the 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 alien comes and they we all learn from them and then we're better when they've done their thing you know like i don't know it's so it felt a little bit eh, but it fucking so to, to like counterpoint that it worked i was a fucking puddle at the end of this movie so it works you know it's showing you the best version of what people can be and i think that also might be the point so but sometimes it just it's a little bit like uh, candy coated in a way. Well, okay, but so because everyone is like the best version of this because even like the people that work with Gus, like the mechanics the, and things, they're but, not though. These people are these people take take an opportunity partly because of a groundswell of support by community leaders. Sure, and it take, is a very small community. They take this opportunity to help redeem a damaged person because in my opinion because of their own flaws sure. and inequities and if it worked that way as actual humans right but like okay <laughs> dark crystal sure lord of the rings yeah the god like these are these are all fiction yes but there's i think i think part of the problem is watching the movie in 2022 yep well, that's why I said that. Like, I don't know if it, this is more to do with the fact that watching this movie in 2022, there's a bit more jade. Right. So, like, in in the in so what would how would Lars and Lars and the Real Girl? How does this movie improve or meet? I don't the, think like, you do reality standards. Do you have like the like the Proud Boys come in and they're like, "You're right. you you fucking <laughs> suck." Right. You're a gay. Person. No, no. I I don't think this. But it's not to like to diminish like the the value of this of this film or the writing. Um, but it is, I think it's a great idea or portrait of what humanity is capable of. Right. I think. And not necessarily a reflection of what it currently is, which makes it. But that's why I've, I see this as great art rather than, sure. oh, it's being manipulative because people are too good. I think that we actually were talking about this earlier, like not this specifically, although it is tangentially related, like right. the whole AI art thing right. that's going on yeah. right now. So like one of the things that we see in here, and I think. I think it's really beautifully done is so Lars the Ryan Gosling's character Lars is this like really introverted like can't interact with the world can't deal with physical touch can't deal with he's got like agoraphobia he can't have people touching him he's very yeah and we actually kind of like we find out why yeah um in the best way it's so yeah yeah, yeah. this this movie could have been two hours and 20 and it would have been bloated and mm-hmm. it would have been hand-wringing and the fact that it gets done what it gets done in an hour 48 in such an understated and effective and powerful right. way i really really loved and i think that the the reason that it works is the film rather than lingering on elements that won't reinforce its central themes it just 
it lets it flow sure. like we see the early resistance but after those early resistances like i'm not gonna pretend that this sex doll is real we see we <sighs> see, you know and i think i'm sorry go ahead. we see other people like for example there's parallels in lars's co-worker who has like this emotional attachment to his action figures yeah. or Margot, who has a really strong emotional attachment to her teddy bear yes so we see we see microcosms of what's what lars is doing right and ultimately by the end of the film you realize like oh yeah we we actually we all, do, all this. do this this is just a more flagrant version yeah. of what we're all doing and they even it's even for the same reasons mm -hmm. lars is using um uh oh god bianca lars this is the name of the real doll that he yes. gets but lars by the way bird and i went down a brief rabbit hole where we went to see like well this is 2007 i wonder what real dolls are like now carl oh it's sick dude now they can talk yep they talk blink turn their heads they can have a conversation with you because they have a they have essentially basic have ai, AI yep. so you can talk to them they can listen to what you're saying and respond in properly right they can literally i mean not i don't know maybe literally maybe not they can actually feel what you're doing to them because yeah. they have pressure sensors and those pressure sensors are attached to bluetooth to their brains <laughs> okay sorry that just like brief segue that reminded me i think it's a kids in the There's hall seven thousand dollars uh, kids in the hall short where it's the real doll where the the cooling vent for the system is like in the vagina so yeah. like people are getting their dicks cut off like whose idea was it to put the <laughs> cooling vent in the vagina <laughs> and the ceo of the company is like trying to chastise somebody he's got bandages around his fingers <laughs> i mean like i was when i was coming up early on when i first right. started watching the movie i'm like all right what's the trailer gonna be right uh brian gosling has sex with an inflatable doll right. but the movie i love that we never go there but it's so much better than the, you think it's gonna be a thing it's ryan gosling falls in love with a sex doll yes but then you see the rating pg-13 and you're like hmm how is that possible yeah okay and then by the end you're like that was literally one of the most wholesome things i've ever seen exactly it was an emotional support doll there's nothing in here yeah exactly there's nothing in here that's like risque or I sleep in different bedrooms for it's amazing yeah. it's the, it doesn't work if there's there's some lascivious moments in here, but it's always other characters. Yeah. I don't know. It's for, for me, it like, for me, it works. Cause it's mm -hmm. kind of like the Truman show in a way. Yeah. Okay. So people say, so people always say like, like for example, the Truman show, you'd look at that and be like, well, there's, that would never happen. Right. That could never happen. No, no, they're not going to fabricate except the Truman show did happen in Japan. There was a man on a Japanese game show for almost like a, I think it was like either like five or six years where he thought that he was part of like an experiment and he was inside a box and he thought he was isolated, but the box was on a stage in a studio and he was surrounded by Jesus an audience Christ. and he lost like half a decade of his life on this game show. And at the very end, they just dropped the walls and he realizes that this whole audience has been here watching him like shit in a bucket and masturbate and lose his mind because he's in this tiny box and he's freaking out and he's got claustrophobia. And then other days he's like elated and have, and they just watched him like a rat in a cage. That's insane. And you say to yourself when you watch the Truman Show, you're like, never in a million years. And then you find out that it happened somewhere in the world. Right. The the thing, and we were talking about the AI art thing. Yes. So like, there are authors who are co-writing novels with computers now. Bird is like, 
livid about well the, as an artist like i'm i'm not an artist i don't well i'm an artist in a different way right but like music is music exactly and voice actors you mm-hmm. do voiceover and yep. now they're like they'll take like a one hour sample of people's speech and they can replicate that person's voice and then they no longer hire that person they just use it's that terrifying yeah it's really scary so like if this is not a big gig job we don't get paid a ton right well, you can take that for me the the thing that always got me was like what i, I swear this is all this is all related no no it is so it's like what job what job's never going to be lost to automation well art because the human God spirit exp- and ironically art is one of the first things that automation is that ai is killing yeah it's like well a painting of a portrait of me costs like two thousand dollars and weeks of this artist painting and then uh, it's not quite right or i can give a picture to a computer and it can replicate rembrandt's style or monet's style i don't like that let me just click over to uh, you you change some of your filters you like add give it more prompts and then it spits out another 30 samples look ai painted me it's a painting this painting that ai did it's beautiful and then you print it and you're print costs 30 bucks and then you hang it in your house and it looks like you have a gorgeous painting that was done by a computer and now what does that mean for painters right for me i'm like no ai is never going to be able to write a fiction novel that's happening (laughs) yes people are co-writing their novels with ai to speed up the process so like for me the reason this is also this movie also kind of has uh, is part of the martin scorsese conversation that we had Mm -hmm. on the show kind of recently so I've reexamined his position because on the show we were talking and I was like, Martin Scorsese's too hard on these Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because Scorsese said we're getting to a place in Hollywood where no one's making we we always say on the show they They used used to to make make movies movies. well scorsese said the same thing he just said it and shit in marvel's mouth at the same time so everyone got mad at him (laughs) he took a new york dump right in their mouth totally because he said the same thing he's like they're not making movies by like these brilliant kind of like art house directors they're not telling small stories anymore they're not telling emotional stories and then I saw a clip of Matt Damon on Hot Ones. Have you seen this? I have not, no. There's a clip of Matt Damon on Hot Ones where he explains why this is happening, and it has to do with streaming. It's a streaming service. I can completely see that. Because he says, back in the day, you could release a, you could release a small-budget movie. Let's use Lars and the Real Girl as sure. an example. But it's not. It's like the films of the 90s. It's like Clerks. It's like... Sub ten, sub ten million dollar budget. Yeah, t- small movies like Gus Fonz. I know you don't like this movie, but like Goodwill Hunting is a good mm-hmm. example. A small character driven drama, or like I, I don't know, like Love Actually, sure. or something like that. Yeah, a small character driven drama or a small character driven comedy. These like character focused stories. Two people fall in love. Um, and he was saying, and Matt Damon's like, those used to be my bread and butter. That right. was like, that was my wheelhouse. Well, that's wheelhouse. what he and, and uh, Affleck were writing for the most part. And that's, yeah. as an actor too, like, those are kind of and the ones. And coming up with Kevin Smith, who's doing kind of the same thing, it, right? Yeah, so. that, that's is totally Kevin Smith. Richard Linklater has ma- has managed to pivot mostly because he's such a chameleon as a director. Sure. But like, he was of that ilk. Make the small, the smaller budget movie with a ton of heart right. that can change your life. Frank is one of those movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Matt Damon was saying back in the day, what you do is you'd make this film and then you have to release it to the distributor, right? So you release it to the distributors and they put it out to all these movie theaters. And then you have to split your take with those 
distributors right off the top right sure. off the top so you haven't made your money yet you release right. to theaters and you're in the hole still you pay for your distribution up top right but or then off the top. Yeah. so like this is what you make in the initial streaming they're in the initial in the initial release, screening right, yeah, yeah. The, the theatrical release here's what you make and you haven't made your money back yet you've paid your distributors you've paid those theaters they t- they have taken their cut and you're still in the red but you could count on like so that money continues to trickle in and yep. then Six to nine months to a year later You get the home video release And he said that the home video release Because it wasn't available elsewhere Was almost like a second Release then you make your money Having worked in family video for Almost ten years like yeah I mean those releases Are fucking huge yes you get the You get the rentals you get the 150 copies of Titanic at a time Fucking exactly right yeah so there and are there any more blockbusters in the world no there's, there's one. one left how many family videos are left zero Who's using Redbox? you know like yeah. so like there's those sales streaming has deleted those sales yep dvd sales blu-ray sales those are let's be honest here yes people physical are, media is people dead are, except for people like me that like have to own the people thing. are still buying it but like and the only for a long time the only things i was buying on physical media were criterion releases and now, and they now have i've the, got the channel the criterion channel ten dollars a month or so, joe rogers i love your collection so very much though <laughs> god yeah i know god bless the man he's got it like well once they started doing blu-rays i had to start over again yeah, like, you are what you're keeping the- oh recently he said i can't do that i'm the dvds the dvds moving forward from collection number 1048 or wherever they wherever are they're at, yeah. we, we're gonna move forward on blu-ray Sure. Can't go back and too and expensive. Too fucking. Some of them and might think, be worth it. Well, but. he has like three kids and the family, you know. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think but, his wife was like, "Hey, buddy." <laughs> but so uh, what Matt Damon was saying, and you can you can find this clip easily. Just look up. Um, you can look up Matt Damon Hot Ones, or you could look up Matt Damon Explains Why Hollywood is Dead. And right. it, if you find him eating really hot wings and he's explaining it, that's the oh, clip. Oh, the Hot Ones is a great show. I love that show, yeah. man. It makes me want to eat wings and have hot sauce. And But he breaks down the finances and he says, basically in order for a project to get greenlit in Hollywood now, it has to guarantee. And this is why I'm talking about this, because Lars yeah. and the Real Girl, this is not a $300 million no. grossing film. No. This is that's not that kind of movie. Broke, I don't think it broke even in the box. I think it limited release. It was like New York, Chicago, L.A., like and then Toronto. And it's so it seven, so you're still getting home shit. video. Right, like exactly. streaming is not. This is still Netflix is sending you DVDs in the mail. And exactly, this is yeah. So there was the secondary release right. of home video where Lars made its money Which back. Which is when I saw it as a pre-street from Family Video. From Family Video. Yeah. So Matt Damon basically lays out. He's like, in order for projects to get greenlit. The minimum box office gross projection needs to be around like three to four hundred million dollars. So he goes, Goodwill Hunting is not going to make. He maybe no. what he basically says is small stories about people are not going to make three to four hundred million dollars because you're not you're not going to pack theaters no. for four weeks running. It's not what they want now. What they're making now because streaming has eliminated. Home video release and you don't get that second Bump of money the small Budget movies essentially just Automatically fail so the Only movies they make now according To Matt Damon and according to in a Really rude way um, Martin Scorsese Scorsese are like Avatar 2 is coming up that's gonna make a jillion Oh easily it's gonna make a billion dollars Yeah for sure but like Mission Impossible 6 
and Indiana Jones 5 and the new Star Wars movies and the so new the new Marvel movies and the new it's Transformers and basically what you get and actually a New York Times um not a New York, a New Yorker writer in like 2020 or 2021 was writing about like I'm a film reviewer and the I've gone to every movie that's been released in the last 6 months and I haven't seen anything that wasn't a sequel. And the reason for that is is in order to make your money back, you have to take such be a viable. massive box office that you have to be essentially only broad appeal. Right. This is a pretty niche movie. Very. This movie doesn't get made in 2022. And I think, like, I, I think a shame, in yeah. a way that is kind of related to the AI art question. No, very much so, right? It's like the the more streamlined, hmm, the that's more a lot to mechanized. Unpack, man. Holy shit! I know, that's man. Like, there's like layers upon layers of like what it means to be an artist, a writer, a filmmaker, a musician, and like what what is popular. Like one of the things that I, my grandpa Mortensen. Uh, who taught me how to play alto saxophone and how I learned jazz from him. And when I was struggling with a, like writing a song, he'd be like, "Why? What, so what's the deal, man? What's going on? Like, are you struggling with some chord structure? Like, what's going on? I was like, I just don't know if people are going to like this. And he would always bust my balls. He'd be like, well, that's your first fucking problem. Mm-hmm. He would never say fucking. He's like, that's your first problem. You, need to, get, you, you need to get that completely out of your head. You, you, you write for you. You don't write for what you think other people are going to enjoy. Then you're doing it for the wrong reason. And I would always go back to my horn and I would come up with something and I play it for grandpa. And he's like, that's all right. That's all right. All right. You're playing jazz now. You know what I mean? Like, right. but it was Stephen King, Stephen. Right. He's, but it's, says it's right with the door closed. Exactly. But now we've gone so far to this. Well, we're, we're in this whole thing. Like subscribe, send a comment below that like, follow me on Twitter. Like the whole thing of like validation and doing things for button clicks or for link, like for, for, for clicks. Right. Sure. Yeah. And for views. We're all trying to grab attention. Yeah. Right. So how do we best leverage our like personalities and who we are to get more eyes on us when it's like, but that you extrapolate that to like, it's everything now. That's why, so AI wins because you can get so much more value for your dollar in time and the AI knows what's trending and what's working and what people are into. Right. It's fucking horrible, dude, man. The algorithm Fuck. can figure out, I don't mean to bum you out, but no, like. No, no, it's just like the, the, the oh it's man, just that it's, I, it's. But there's so many layers and levels of like. I only bring this up because last night I said it off mic, but we should. I mean, let's talk about it. My yeah. f- my a teacher friend of mine sent me a text message that said they have AI that can write essays now. We're fucked, and she sent me a a screenshot of an of like five paragraphs of an essay, and at the top is a prompt that was typed into AI, and it's write an essay that explains the importance of three symbols in Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird. And then I read a five, par- and it said a five paragraph essay. Right. And I read a five paragraph perfectly structured essay that explains the significance of three symbols in Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird. And I couldn't, it was very well written. And a computer wrote it. Yeah. I read a very similar thing on a Facebook thread that I followed, whether or not there's, who knows if it's legitimate or not, but sure. like, same sort of thing, a prompt to an AI writing program that said, um, uh, po- pr- propose an argument for like gun control. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it proposed this like four or five paragraphs, a super balanced, like thoughtful, like sort of a dissertation on gun control <laughs> yeah. and providing, you know, arguments both for and against and like 
proposing certain middle ground areas and things that maybe people haven't thought of because it doesn't have any fucking bias because it's a fucking this bias is only based on fact and not feeling so right what the fuck right man so no there's and the, the question is going forward it's like all right if we're going to we need we need some ad copy written or like let's say like uh you're a publisher Right. And you want to put out like, all right, we need five mystery novels this this season mm-hmm. on our release schedule. So I could wait for an author to write it, then edit their work, having to deal with them this notoriously for flaky child class. to like come out with like some incredibly taut thriller. And- sure, sure. Like, okay, I'm gonna rely on their imagination to do this, and then I've got to pay them for their time, and it took them and then pay them royalties moving forward for the rest of the time that forever. As long as that's being sold in perpetuity. Right. So I have to pay them for their human time because they're spending their life doing this. Okay. Well, they've spent eight months of their life creating and crafting this story. They worked through revisions with me. So I got to pay them like, let's say, let's say they're even like a beginning writer, 20, 30 grand for that book. Now it could be as low as like seven if it's sure. a small publisher, but let's just say like twenty or thirty thousand dollars for a basic book contract. Buck fifty for every book sold. Yep, and then now we're now I got to do the royalties and I got to deal with a person. So I got to call you. I got to make a sketch. Or or what I could do is I could write about a page of text outlining what I want written. And we're not quite to this point yet because currently you still have to co-write with it. Sure, but. Down, it's not too far well, away. We're in that fucking bubble, though. We're in the neighborhood, yeah. So it's like, or I could s- type in some taut thriller shit and then give this thing like 20 pages of a Stephen King book to replicate its writing style from and then hit go. And then it writes me a novel and I never, I don't have to pay it because it's a computer program. Right. So my cost is now $0 and I don't have to pay it royalties because it's a computer program. And I'll pump it out and people will read it and they'll be like, that was a pretty good book. And and eventually, and what I'm saying is, I know, dude. I'm sorry. I don't. This is so like gray and gloomy. Like I don't, I don't like the A is for apples, <laughs> the B is for burglar series. Like they're pretty shittily written, like pulp oh, come trash on. novels. Sue Grafton's fine. But like, but at least there's like that's written by a fucking human. I might not like it. People love there's that moment, shit. There's little moments, there's of, moments golden of glory, exactly. In them, and that and that is my a that's for apples. I don't think so. <laughs> These A's for alias. A is for arsenic. Right. B is for Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Blasted brains. It's always like a murder type thing. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're C cool. C is for cunnilingus. <laughs> I read that book in a ah, fucking hobby. times. But like that's, out the cover. But that's the thing. And maybe this is slightly controversial. And I'm not, again, I hate saying this on the on the pod because, dude, I... Come on, man. I'm like, I'm d- I'm deep in the middle of Daredevil yeah. season two right now. I love the Marvel shit. I love it. Black I love Panther it. 2, I was but I'll bet you, into it. I will bet you a computer program could write the next Avengers movie. Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. But man. I'll bet you any fucking money that a computer program could not write Lars and the Real Girl. A computer program could not write Frank. No. There's a... St- Maybe and there's a programmer out there right now who's like cracking their knuckles. Right. Challenge well, accepted. Um, the prompt is offbeat, low budget, independent feature. But there's just no market for that. No. But there's there is there's movies that you watch them, and you were talking about pushing buttons, right? Right. I love the Marvel movies, listener. Don't be mad at me. But like the Marvel movies are all button pushy. Nothing but. But the difference is, like, I know that's a fantasy film about Avengers and people with superpowers, where this is a, a small. 
Like, sure, but right. but with those movies, it's like our heroes are fighting a bad guy, and here's a moment of loss, and now we've got a score coming in, and we got mm-hmm. Alan Silvestri, but not next year. Next year, we're going to use AI Silvestri to write this fucking yeah. thing, but like, here comes the button. Well, it's why like the Ryan George pitch meeting um, episodes are always kind of... His he always does like a pitch meeting like yeah he's the, like the one man right, right, pitch the yeah, one man yeah. pitch I love those but so they always feel the same right he has like sixteen different sort of like buzzwords or things that he comes back to and they come back every episode sure but it's because all the movies he watch he's watching right is very meta because the pitch meetings have become meta as pitch meetings because all the movies that he's pitching in the pitch meetings are all the same Dude, movie. They all follow the same. Danielle even said that the last we're watching, we watched the pirates of the Caribbean movies again yeah. and then watched the pitch meetings for them. Yeah. And Danielle's like, Holy shit. Every movie that we watch is the same movie. Yeah. I'm like, I know. Yeah. And Ryan George knows it. Right. Especially after like last night, the AI thing, Fucked me up and yeah. it kept me awake. I was, dude, I was up until like two in the morning, like thinking about about how like r- writing is diff changing. Like, will writers be a thing in ten years? years? Yeah, ten years. ten years, twenty years. Will I like? Will I be necessary anymore to tell a story or or listen whatever? to an AI tell you their opinions about a movie on a podcast? I mean, it, maybe it's coming. So when I watch Lars, what I see is I see. I still see the shitty people. There's still the people who are laughing at Gus, you know, like, yeah. I wish I had a woman who never talked to him. Yeah. And I think actually the, the more I think about it, Gus, Gus, his brother, does keep us anchored. He's the shitty in, person. In, 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 the, in the real world where, where it is pulling it back from fantasy uh, funny farm sure. world. Y- yeah, right? the, the like... The Hallmark Christmas exactly, movie. which is where I felt like the this the pebble was sort of skipping on that pond a little bit, especially Not, towards the like the middle section. I give it to you. I can right. see it. I can see it. But like, but that's the beauty. That's the beauty of a human, of a film as human as this one yeah. is. Is I don't want to take that away from it. Is sometimes I, sometimes what I want in my movie. Is the hard lesson and the heartbreak, right. which Lars has. Yes, this movie has a hell of a lot of... This movie will make you cry. This is well, what did I text you when I, I wasn't planning on crying day, for 45 day, minutes on yeah, a Wednesday just, afternoon? Just fucking day crying, and, and fairly so. Like, this movie is... I think this movie's pretty masterful. Yeah. Um, Bert asked at the end, because I was like, this movie's a lot like Frank in its vibe. And sure, it's like I overall flavor. It's like if you were going to make an album that was movies, mm-hmm. Frank and this movie and Hesher and uh, Harvey and Nell, those are all on yep. that those album. Those are the A-sides, yeah. But like for me, I don't know. Like there's something about the like offbeat quirkiness of this film. Mm-hmm. Like this movie is like what Juno wishes it had been. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Like and I... I'm one of those people who likes Juno. I like that movie. <laughs> you know, I have I only saw it once and I was like not <laughs> Sure, but not, like nothing against like Elliot Page or like anyone that like but it was it seemed oh what's his face it's in that shit um Michael Sarah? Yeah, Michael Sarah. Sure, it's man. Kind of like I, a wet noodle or whatever, but I get it, but like it's that it's that, that like That was definitely playing the you strings know what else? of the Do you know what other movie this movie is a lot like if but like not quite as psychedelic is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Ooh. Like but but there you go. You know what a computer's not going to write? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless well, Mind. Kaufman, you know. Kaufman. It's never going to be a, a, a... We say never. Well, you never know. But, like, the beauty of those 
people. I was thinking about this in the, the backyard last night after my friend texted me. I was like, there are novelists out there, and I'm will never. Now I'm on fucking team human. I'm never gonna shit on a human artist ever again. Sure. What they do, what are human artists are doing, is hard, and it takes time, and it takes. You have to deal with with self doubt and like soul searching and 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 then the yeah yeah yeah. So I'm not, but there are novelists out there. There are writers out there that probably a computer could write your shit. Sure, but I don't know if a computer could write a Philip K. Dick novel. (laughs) No, you know what I mean. And there's that. That would be meta, right? An AI writing a Philip K. Dick dude, or like. That makes my brain hurt. How about this? Feed a computer an Asimov novel and then have it write a novel about AI. (laughs) And it calls it I Am Robot? Yes, dude. I Am Robot instead of I Am Legend. And then a robot writes it and it's gold and they give it a Hugo. But like, or a Locus. No, I'm sorry. It'd be a Locus award for sci-fi. But but I I think one of the things that this movie catches is that the things, is that humans break in really distinct unique and beautiful ways yeah we fracture at different points right that's me hitting a giant ice Gems, cube i saw it a, i saw a gem of some yep, sort yep, and, and it and there's just our, cracks our but eventually lines are totally different and one of those hammer hits is going to yield a beautiful right cabochon or whatever Ooh. i don't know i'm not Ooh. a i'm no jeweler carl <laughs> but uh but yeah man like it, this this movie, one of my favorite parts about this movie is seeing everyone. The reason that I think it works mm-hmm. and that it doesn't ring. Oh, it does work. Let, let me just be very clear about you that. You said so. You said as much. Like you that you, you could. It was almost like you were saying like, tell me if I'm wrong, but it's like you watched a beautiful puppet show and you were briefly aware of the strings. No, exactly. The I show, saw the I saw the strings for a brief moment but the show was so beautiful sure. at the end of the day it really didn't matter to me right and and in a way like even seeing them is like getting just it's like watching Penn and Teller do magic when oh they God. show you how the trick they show well, you the some, trick they flash a lot too by the way On they're purpose. not the best but yeah but that's the thing that yeah Penn well, and Teller are very meta in how my, they do my the, favorite thing I ever saw them do is they did the cup and balls yes. with clear cups yes and you realize like even though they're showing you the you trick see every move you see every move and the trick becomes better yeah when you can see how they i like did it. i like that thought going back to what i had said earlier sure, yeah yeah seeing the cup and ball routine and being aware of how all those moves work don't make the trick any less impactful in fact it makes it even more impressive let me talk about a specific yeah, moment ahead. in lars where this happens and I want to. I I do screenwriting. I would love to be a, a, a screenwriter. I'd like to write television. I'd like to write films. Sure. I want to write shit for you and I to shoot. And that's shoot. mostly what Nancy Oliver did before this. She was like a head writer on like I think Six Feet Under TV shows. TV shows. Yeah, most of her writing credits for like some well, of those you had, very you had like mentioned like it feels kind of TV, television, especially like 2007. Because when I thought that, and then I looked up her writing credits. I'm like, oh, she did a bunch of like HBO shows. So it kind of tracks, but like. It's much better written than well, Six Feet Under is a beautifully written show, so I'm not taking anything away from that. No, I do. No, like no, even the slightest. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. But like, so I've I've read so many books about screenwriting. This is actually one of the things that we I always complain about on the show is like, yeah, and then we got to the you know we got to the one hour mark, and there's the third act turn, and this right. is the whiff of death, and sometimes it hits so on the mark. There's supposed to be turns at thirty sixty. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. So the uh, zero to thirty is Act One. Yep. Thirty to sixty is Act Two. Sixty to ninety is Act Three. And there are you literally. You might have a little bit of a denouement, and then that's sure. your, that's your movie. There are literally. I mean, and in college, you see like the pyramid. You know, rising action, yep. climax, falling action. Everybody knows that, but it, Hollywood can sometimes get as specific as on page X of yeah. screenplay. There needs to be element X. And they, there are literally people who will read screenplays for that. They'll be like, all right, I flipped to page, eh, Bill, I flipped to page 71 and I didn't, you didn't have blah, blah, blah. We're going to need to tighten this up. And they'll change screenplays based on that. That type of shit irks me. That's programming. Which God is where we're at, dude. Which is where It all we're lines at. up in the most terrifying oh, fucking dude. way, Here's man. what I was going to say earlier. It's my last gloom and doom shit. Yeah, but like, there's, there's this, there's always been this divide between like, the artist and artisan right and then like the capitalist upper management who's trying to maximize profit okay and i've always believed and i know it's such like a fucking cynical like i read Karl marx in college kind of bullshit thing to think but like i genuinely believe that if not the directors not the filmmakers not the people who are making art right but the people who are buying and distributing for profit art to mass audiences i genuinely believe that if they could get a reasonable facsimile of what they're getting now from a computer and never have to deal with human artists again they probably in would. a heartbeat. Yeah. Because then your cost drops to like next to nil. Like how much does it cost to run a computer for like a day to, to do a program, exactly. to run a program? That's your cost. Like your energy bill becomes the cost of a production, you know, like that worries me. Yeah. And to some extent that has... Oh fuck I'll say it It's kind of soured some of the Marvel movies to me Especially when there's like You watch like interviews with Chris Evans And they're like what's it like playing Captain America And he goes I don't really play Captain America Um, They have a really specific vision So they tell me precisely what to do And what to say and how to say it And you kind of just do that In the early interviews with him you can see him Kind of He's like this is not that fun He's knocked down a little bit right Well he's like you know, he wants to be, he's an artist. That guy's an actor and yeah. he wants to go and bring himself to a role. But he's playing, he's playing a, he's, he's playing like a character in a video game. Yeah. And they need him to do certain stuff because they're going to shoot it this way and then they're going to push this emotional button. So he's got to Robert say, Downey Jr. is just playing Robert Downey Jr. So there's a whole other. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But like, but Robert Downey Jr. tends to be the human heart of the Avengers movies. Right. Fucking Iron Man is usually the most compelling person because Robert Downey Jr. is a wild card. Right. And he's you, you lose that when you lose the human. Mm-hmm. But here's a moment in Lars that I think really shows you like the behind the scenes, the structure, the beautiful, the structure of this movie is so mm-hmm. beautiful. And here's one of the reasons that I like it. So I'm hoping you've seen this movie, listener, because I'm jumping like near the end. There's this moment where the brothers finally start to bond near the end and it's the moment when Lars asks Gus how do you know when you're a man oh in the kitchen in the kitchen dude like uh he's chopping Gus is chopping celery celery. he goes Bianca comes from this culture where they have these rites of passage where if you survive it you know that you're an adult doesn't that isn't that great and Gus is like yeah it does sound kind of nice for sure and then you realize Bianca didn't say that she's a doll 
So this is It's all coming from him This yeah, is the beautiful God. part of this Is like every time Ryan Gosling says something That Bianca said Or something about Bianca Or some detail about her childhood Or some way she feels Do you remember that movie The Beaver With Mel, Bro- Mel Gibson Where he's got the puppet on his yep. hand Yep mm-hmm. it's, it's Lars working through his shit but he's so damaged by his early life and so and ha- did not have an example of manhood right. or an example of what it means to be a fully fleshed out human that he's like this malf not malformed he's like preterm mm-hmm. which i think is really interesting because the movie also mentions that winter is over on easter which is the end the re- of right it's the moment of birth like then yeah. that's around the time bianca dies is like around easter God, dude, Bianca dies. I say it like she's like a know. fucking doll. I, no, the I movie, was there like, with yeah. It Bianca sucks dies you in yeah. so hard when Bianca gets sick. They start arguing. I was I'm, crying. I'm, 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 when they start fighting, you're like, oh my god, oh shit. But what's everyone, he gonna do? To and her? everyone else in the in like is having the same. Yeah, they're having very real reactions. I don't like the way you're you're speaking to her they right never now. Never fight. Or yeah. like, did I miss? Get in here. They had a huge fight today. Really? Really? What the fuck happened? It's like. Lars was yelling at his sex doll today, but like, no, that's not at all, man. I'm, I say this to like ground us, but when you're in the movie, you're in it yep. all the way. Yep. You're like, oh my God, what? So the beautiful relationship's falling apart. When she starts getting part time work, you're like, good for her. Yeah, she's going out. Oh, she's working with like the PTA and she's like volunteering, volunteering at the time. hospital. Yeah. Like, oh, those little bald children are going to love her so much. She's reading to school children. Dude, that hit me weird in 2020 where, yeah. like, this blow-up doll is reading reading a story, right. a, a book on tape to a bunch of kids, and they just put an open book in, like, Bianca's hands and then put the, like, the, like little child's... They got the child's cassette tape, like, cassette tape, on, like, on, on her, her, on her yeah. knee, and a bunch of kids are, like, looking up and reading, and then, like, torn from the headlines, the the drag queen story time busted up by the Proud Boys, like, standing Fucking outside hell, the school God with machine it. guns. I know, I hate dragging current events into the show because current events suck sure pretty universally yeah. but like seeing that here hits different in 2022 mm-hmm. but like okay so the moment is Lars asks you know like how do you know when you're a man because in a way here's the backstory Lars's mother died in childbirth and it devastated Lars and Gus are brothers yeah. and it devastated their father brutally Gus even says to Lars he goes Dad was so sad that I got scared and I ran and I shouldn't have left you alone there with him. I'm sorry. And that tells you literally everything you need to know. Uh, talk about covering ground. In just a... Like two sentences. Yep. Mom, when mom died, dad just got so sad that I got scared and ran and I shouldn't have left you alone with him. I'm sorry. Bang. Whole backstory done. And like... And it's totally in character for Gus to present that in that way too. To not linger on it, to, to not try and get on it, it out. And kind of punches it out of his because for all of his, his guts, for yeah. all his like normalcy and like, oh yeah, he's a man, he's got it together, he's in a house. That's the other thing is the movie presents him that way at first, and as the viewer seeing him in comparison to Lars, you're like, yeah, that that's a man. This is actually something that I struggle with. I'm 32, right? I am not my my father. My father at 32. Two kids working a job, traveling overseas. He's like paying taxes. He's aware of current events. He's got like deep political opinions. He's he's what I think of as an adult man. 
I do not think of myself as an adult man a lot I'm of the 45. time. I'm 45. I'm the same guy. I kind of suspected. Man, yeah. I kind of suspected you'd have a little well, laugh, too. I'm sitting here across the table from you, Max. So. I know. We're, like, talking into microphones on board games, you know, like, about fucking movie for 2007. Later, we're going to play some, like, rock and roll music. Yeah, and play some Marvel Champions. Marvel and- Champions. Like, there's, there's, that's a question that I ask myself all the time. It's like, okay, I, I may be, I may be a th- a 32 year old human being but am i an adult i don't think it matters i think there's so much fucking shit put on us the to movie do- has an answer for it sure oh, go, go for it. <laughs> so, so how do you know when you're a man and the brother gus um dude his apology his his ap- fucking talk about movie make you cry but like he's he's like i don't know gus is it sex yeah yeah it's it's no Nope, no, it's sort of. It's, it's, ah. Why don't you ask Dagmar? Kicks him to his therapist. Then Lars follows him to the basement and he goes, Lars, all I can give you is my opinion. That's right. all I want. And he goes, You know, you just, you start doing things that are right, even if they're hard. You, you don't cheat on your woman. You tell the truth. You do right by your family. You, you know, you do you do the right thing, even if it's hard to do that right. that sort of thing. He gives him like the parameters of what it means to be a man. But the next scene, talk about fucking structure. In the next scene, there's been this bit where Margot and the his shitty coworker have been stealing each other's toys. Yeah, because Margot has a teddy bear that she really cares about and likes and is attached to, yeah. and this other guy's got his spawn action figure exactly. Um, and Margot steals and hides his action figures And then he's like you teddy bear better fucking watch out Because yeah. they have like a contentious workplace relationship Finally Margot has stolen his action figures One too many times and he hangs her teddy bear It's kind of fucked up honestly. Pretty fucked up And she's like I, hi- I, I hide your toys I don't, I don't hang kill them, them. Yeah. And she goes take off the noose And he goes I'm not going to do it And think about it Think about that for a second this gr- this, She's a grown woman She's the same age as Lars Which is basically the same age as Gus this other guy who's playing with his playing with his toys at work and he's always watching porn at work and yep. this is also an adult person. That's how Lars gets the idea for the real girl. Dude, that's yeah. one of the best lines ever. Lars, you got to see this. Not really in the mood for porn this morning. It's not porn. Lars gives him a look. Okay, okay it, it is. is but porn. check it out, all right? <laughs> not really in the mood for porn this morning. But like so this is an adult woman and this man is hung this man has hung her teddy bear and she runs to the break room with her teddy bear and she's crying and she's sitting there crying looking at this teddy bear with a noose around it and Lars the preceding scene is him asking about what manhood means yep and he goes to this woman who's hurting and he takes the teddy bear from her and he's like hey what's going on and she's like I broke up with my boyfriend and they start having like a conversation about Mm -hmm. relationships and the real world and adult topics and as they're talking about that Lars God damn it's a beautiful scene dude It's gorgeous It's one of the most beautiful That I've seen this Uh. season He takes the noose Off her teddy bear And he asks her like Well what's going on Why did you break up with him And he starts to perform CPR on the teddy bear Pushes its little chest With his fingertips Gets his mouth down By its nose and goes Well why did you leave him (sighs) 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 Yep And then he sits the bear up And makes it look around and then it's, the bear's alive again, and yeah. she stop, stops, crying. She stops crying. And I wrote down, 
when Lars does CPR on the hanged bear, and what a great juxtaposition of scenes. Even Gus says, you're never just one or the other, an right. adult or a boy. Right. And he said, it's not a man, a serious man who, we must, it's just a toy, Margot, for God's sake. We don't need that here. What you need is the comfort of a boy who understands what a teddy bear can mean to the girl inside Margot. Yep. Like, Lars is only able to navigate that because he still has some of those childlike qualities left and because he still understands the importance of a toy. Uh, the importance oh, clearly yeah yeah Obvi- like but then that that begs the question like is lars's this is the ultimate question of the the film which is beautifully handled which is is lars's relationship with bianca real or not mm-hmm. i'm asking oh it's absolutely real right it's a thousand percent it's a thousand percent real. real and bianca's relationship with everyone else in the town is also equally real. real changes every single person yeah in the town and let's take a second to talk about gosling's performance yeah can this. we we can carl next time on measuring flicks 